Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. In the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended in the presence of the King. <laughs> I'm so glad to be in the presence of Jehovah today. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Come on, why don't you just talk to Him a little bit. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Romans chapter 8. So good to see all of you today. I love our church. I love our church family. And uh, amen, we've got some visitors that are here. Thank you for joining us a couple of years ago uh, dr chester mitchell he said don't don't call people visitors call them guests and so thank you for being our guest today and uh we we love it when uh guests are here amen i like the presence of the lord that is here amen Thank you, um, all those who are participating in our 21-day fast. Thank you. Um, I've had so many people come. I, I, I didn't tell people what to fast. I just asked them if they would make a sacrifice and fast something. And uh, I've had one person come to me. They said, I've been fasting Hallmark movies. And uh, I've had... A, you know, one of the main things I've been fasting is coffee. If God doesn't honor that, I don't know what he'll honor because that is a sacrifice for me every time, especially since at Christmas I got so many Starbucks gift cards and things like that. I'm raring to go, but uh, I want revival. I want the Lord to be lifted up. And so we've been fasting, and you can feel it in the atmosphere. Um, I'm going to preach something today that I just felt a strong urging from the Lord to preach this, and it started, I guess, on Wednesday. God started directing me, and uh, so I feel this message is for somebody, and uh, whether it be someone in this room, possibly it's someone that's watching this online. And you all may not realize it, but there is a congregation online that is very faithful. And uh, there's a congregation online from all around the country. There's many people that are fasting with us. Um, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate those that are taking time to watch this. Amen. Romans 8, verse 38. 39, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our 
Lord. Amen. I love those scriptures. I want to preach on this subject. Jesus is greater than death. Jesus is greater than death. Amen. Can we bow our heads and Brother Crawley, will you pray for us? Amen. Would you turn around and nod at somebody and tell them Jesus is greater than death? You may be seated. In Romans chapter 8, Paul begins to list the things that he is persuaded will not be able to separate Christians from the love of God. That list includes life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. None of these things shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that wonderful? But the very first thing on that list that the Apostle Paul mentions, it caught my attention. He mentions death. He says, neither death. Death is an interesting thing to me. Death catches my attention. Just to be honest with you, death fascinates me to a certain point. W.H. Auden, he said, death is the sound of distant thunder at a picnic. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, Death tugs at my ear and says, I'm quickly coming. One person said, There are only two certainties in life. They are death and taxes. Amen. Death. In His ministry here on earth, Jesus Christ had three amazing experiences with death. The first can be found in Luke chapter 7, verses 12 through 15. Now, when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her, and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bear. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. Isn't that amazing? There is a funeral procession. This young man is dead. But Jesus told the widow of name to weep not. Jesus said to that young man, young man, I say unto thee, arise. 
And that young man that was dead, he came up alive. And Jesus presented him to his mother. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus is today? The second interaction between Jesus and the dead can be found in the story of Jairus' daughter. One of the accounts of this event can be found in Mark. Mark 5, 22-23. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Mark 5, verses 35 through 42. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James, and John the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. This Jairus, this leader, he comes and he finds Jesus. He says, my daughter is sick. You got to come pray. And so Jesus begins to make his way towards this man's house. The only problem was is that while he was on his way, this little girl had died. And the mourners began to mourn. And the wailers, they began to wail. But Jesus comes walking in the house. Understand, the little girl is dead. And they're crying and they're all upset. But Jesus says, why make ye this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. He says, if you don't believe that God is able, why don't you just go ahead and leave? And so he kicks out the mourners. And he kicks out those that would laugh and make fun of him. But he takes that mother and that father. And he goes into the room where that body is. And he took the damsel by the hand and said unto her, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose. 
<laughs> Powerful things happen when God in flesh is in the building. Powerful things happen when Jesus is in the house. Aren't you glad that you're in a house where God is and where God moves and where God works? <laughs> Amen. The last interaction between Jesus and the dead is the story of Lazarus. This can be found in John 11. Amen. Verses beginning at verse 17. Then when Je Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already. He had been dead for four days. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother then Martha as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming went and met him but Mary sat still in the house then said Martha unto Jesus Lord if thou hadst been here my brother had not died but I know that even now whatsoever thou wilt ask of God 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 will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? If you go down to verse 38, Jesus therefore again groaning in himself cometh to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead for four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldst see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said father I thank thee that thou hast heard me and I knew that thou hearest me always but because of the people which stand by I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me verse 43 and when he thus had spoken he cried with a loud voice Lazarus come forth and he that was dead came forth. <laughs> Oh, they were upset at Jesus when he first got there. Martha was upset. She said, you could have been here if you really wanted to have been here. Why are you here late? Why did you drag yourself coming here? He was your friend. He loved you. And now he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the light Ah, so he goes up to that tomb.
tomb. He said, roll away the stone. Martha said, by this time, he stinks. Don't roll away that stone. Jesus said, roll away the stone. And he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth. Leaping and praising God. I'm telling you, friend, God is familiar with death. But can I tell you that even death has to bow down at the feet of Jesus? Amen. I went through all of that so that I could say this. Jairus' daughter had just died. The widow of Nain, her son, had been dead long enough to be in the middle of a funeral procession. Lazarus had been in the ground for four days. I want you to notice the length or the degree of death didn't really matter because John 11 and 25 said, Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life you hear me church there is life in him there is hope in him there is joy in him there is victory in him there is revival in him Amen. I don't care how long your dream has been dead. God can still move. I don't care how long your hopes have been dead. God can still move. I don't care how long your dreams have been dead. Our God can still move. I don't care how long your ministry has seemed dead. God can still move. I don't care how dead a city may look. My God can still move. I don't care how dead a marriage may look. My God can still move. (laughs) He can still move. He can still move. Somebody hear me. He can still move. He is still God. He is still on the throne. And He can still move in your life. He is still God. And He's still on the throne. And He can still move in your situation. He is still God. He is still on the throne. And He can still move in your family. He is still God. And He is still on the throne. And He can still move in the schoolhouse. He is still God and He is on the throne. And He can still move in your home. He is still God. He is still on the throne. He can still move wherever He wants to move. Wherever He's needed. Wherever there are people that will call on Him. Amen. The devil is always trying to declare things dead and over before their time. Amen. He's good at it. He wants to speak prophetically to it. The devil prophesying over many of you. You're going to die. It's over. 
throw in the towel. The devil prophetically has been speaking to some of you in this room. He's trying to prophesy. He's saying that there is no hope for your life. There is no hope for your family. There is no hope for your marriage. There is no hope for your children. There is no hope. You hear me? The devil is an expert at throwing the death cloth over the face face of your dreams and your hopes and your aspirations in God. And then the devil, he throws it over your face. And then he laughs. And then he claps his hands. And then he proclaims, I killed that one. I stopped that one. They'll never be what God's called them to be. They'll never achieve what God's called them to achieve. He laughs over you. He smiles over you. He said, that city will never have revival. That church will never grow. That baptistry will never be used again. That all will never be used again. You understand that the devil is an expert at declaring things to be dead before they actually are. Amen. I'm going to tell you a true story about a preacher I knew. His name was Brother Joe David Sizemore. He was a great man of God. In fact, you want to hear a powerful message, look on YouTube because of the times, a message he preached called Hot Bread. I mean, it, it, it will stir you. It'll leave you shouting, Sister Jamie. But, but Brother Sizemore, he was the pastor of a church in Cincinnati, Ohio, a revival church. But one day, one day, Bishop Sizemore had some kind of attack. And so they quickly called the ambulance. The ambulance came. He was there having this attack. They took him to the hospital. They quickly took him to the emergency room. They began to work on him. But as they began to work on him, all of the sudden, his heartbeat, it disappeared. And all of the sudden, his breathing stopped. And all of the sudden, the machine, it flatlined. And they pronounced him dead in that operating, that emergency room in Cincinnati, Ohio. They took the sheet and they draped it over his head. They went and they got a red tag that said deceased on there. They filled out his information and they hung it on Brother Sizemore's toe and they pushed that body to the other end of that emergency room and they called the morgue to come and get that body. But while that body was sitting there in the side of the room, while that body was sitting there in the morgue, all of the sudden, the life of that bishop, it came back in him. And he opened his eyes. And all he saw was a white cloth. And he took that sheet and threw it off of his face. He began to look around. And it's a true story. He saw that there was a red tied to his toe that said deceased and brother Sizemore he hollered somebody come get this red tag off of my toe I'm not dead I am alive and I'm preaching to some people that the enemy has tried to throw a sheet over your dreams and he's tried to throw a sheet over your ministry and a sheet over your anointing and he said you're dead you might as well give up there is no hope but you hear me that Jesus is the resurrection and the life and he is able he is able
I don't care how dead it looks. My God is able. I don't care who decrees it. My God is able. Somebody in here needs to throw that sheet over your face. And you need to declare, get this red tag off of my toe. I'm not dead. I am alive. Some of y'all need to be vocal right now. Some of you right now, you need to declare some things. My ministry is not dead. It is alive. My marriage is not dead. It is alive. My hopes in God are not dead. They are alive. My spirit of revival, it is not dead. It is alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. It's alive. You hear me, church? God told me to preach this message. I don't care how dead it may appear. Don't you dare give up. I don't care how lost your hope may be. Don't you dare give up. I don't care how many years it's been. Don't you dare give up. I don't care how much opposition there is. Don't you dare give up. I don't care if it's difficult. Don't give up. I don't care. Give up. Amen. 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 First church that I ever pastored was in Mobile, Alabama. I pastored there for three years. And, uh, oh, y'all, there was this one uh, sister of God. Amen. Amen. She, she was one of those sisters that, I mean, she just believed. You know, she, she just had seen everything in her life. She'd been through, you could tell, she'd been through all kinds of stuff. But she just believed and she had I think she had 11 children that's what I was saying when I said she'd been through some stuff amen 11 but she still believed she she was one of those people of faith and when we got there anytime that there was a prayer request she would always fill out the name of her youngest boy who was not in church who had backslid I mean I'm, I'm telling you it did not matter if it was Sunday it did not matter if it was Wednesday every service brother Sill, that we had this sister would fill out a prayer request for her son she told me one day that she had been filling out that request for over 40 years every single day she had been praying for 40 years and I went to her and I said I'm going to pray with you she said there's been times when I've almost given up but I just trust God and I know that God is able so every single day I call his name out in prayer. One day it just so happened her son was a truck driver and he was driving a truck down the highway and as he was driving the truck down the highway he heard a voice saying it's time 
And he said, what, 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 what do you mean? What time do you mean it is? It's time. And he said, he said, I'm driving this truck and not even, not even thinking about where I belong and being in church. But he said, I hear this voice and I look out and he said, God gave me a vision while I'm driving this truck. He said, I was standing there and I had a Bible in my hand. And he said, I was getting behind the pulpit and I was actually preaching the Word of God. He hadn't been in church in 40 years, but he kept seeing this vision and he kept hearing this voice saying, it's time, it's time, it's time. And so he called his mom. He said, mom, I'm on my way to your house. I need your help with something. And she said, okay. And then she hung the phone up and she thought, oh no, here's another time I'm going to have to give him drug money. Here's another time I'm going to have to bail him out of some horrible sinful situation is another time and it breaks her heart but she heard a knock at the door and that sweet sister she opened the door to her house but instead of seeing a hand saying I want some money instead of seeing that she saw her boy standing there at the door he said mama God spoke to me today mama I saw a vision mama I just need you to pray with me and would it be okay if I come to church with you on Sunday that little woman she called me she was talking in tongues she was shouting she couldn't contain herself she said now don't you hold back on Sunday okay you you let loose because I've been praying for 40 years and God is moving in this situation he came there to church that day after church he said is there any way that you could baptize me in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins so we baptized him and when he came out of the water he was speaking in a language he had never spoken in before as God filled him with the Holy Ghost about five months later that young man with a suit on walked behind the pulpit and opened the Bible and began to speak the word of God for the first time. I don't care if it takes 40 years. Don't you give up because God hadn't given up and God is able. I don't care what you have to do. Keep believing. Keep believing. Don't walk away. Don't throw in the towel. My God is still able. My God is still working. My God is still moving. Let's stand. The devil's been laughing at some of you for too long. The devil's been saying there's no hope. To the point where some of us, if we would be honest, we've seen how dark the night is. We've seen how evil the situation is, and some of us have said, I'm, I give up. It'll never happen. I'll, I'm just going to have to get used to this situation. <laughs> but to you, I hear the voice of Jesus saying, I am the resurrection, I am the life. 
There is still hope. There is still hope. <laughs> there is still hope. <laughs> there is still hope. <laughs> I just want to speak it right now. I am telling you, you parents, don't give up. I believe your loved ones are going to come. You, you that have been mourning, you that have been wailing, you hear me? Jesus is saying, it's time to believe. It's time to trust me. I declare in this city, this city that's full of wickedness, this city that's full of division, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. I want to speak to our city right now. You come alive in Jesus' name. You come alive. It's time to be what you've been called to be. It's time for you to do what you've been called to do. It's time to stand and declare, I will not give up. My God is able. Is there anybody in here? That would say, I've almost given up. Almost given up hope. Amen. Amen. See those hands? I'm not embarrassed. I'll raise both of my hands. I'll raise both of them. There's some things that I have just, I have just almost given up on. I'm about to pray for you right now. I want you to touch your heart. Would you do that? Would you just put your hands on your heart? Oh God, right now. I rebuke depression in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this urge to quit in the name of Jesus. I rebuke this urge to give up in the name of Jesus. I speak hope into their life. I speak hope into their situation. Oh God, give them supernatural strength beyond anything they've ever experienced before. Oh God, give them great faith beyond anything they've ever had before. Oh God, help them to realize that you're still able. You're still able. You're still able. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel led. I feel led. While I was preaching, there's a scripture that just absolutely jumped out at me. It's J. Iris. You know, him and his wife, the mourners are there. That had to break that dad's heart. Walks in and they're they're screaming and they're crying and they're wailing. Oh no, it's too late. She's dead. Jesus said, no, she's not dead. She's only sleeping. They start laughing at him. So Sister Abby, he kicks them out. And he takes that mom and that dad into that room where that dead girl is. He took the damsel by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is being interpreted, Damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12 years. Notice this, though, at this very last part. I don't know why it didn't hit me until right now, Brother Blaine. That said, and they were astonished with great astonishment. It was a miracle that was so big that they weren't just astonished, but they had great astonishment. 
is what I'm getting ready to pray over this church. I'm getting ready to pray that God does something so powerful, so awesome, so mighty in this church and in your lives. Not for our glory. This is not one bit about our glory. This is about the glory of God. But I am believing that there is going to be a miracle in this church that is so powerful and so great that the people of this city are going to say, only God could have done that. Only God could have put that together. Only God. Only God. Amen. Let's pray right now. God, in your name. God, this is not a room of doubters. God, this is a room of believers. God, we believe. We believe that nothing is too hard for you. We believe that nothing is impossible for you. God, we believe that you are able to do anything that we could even ask or, or think. You, you are able, God. There is nothing that's too big for you. There is no diagnosis that's greater than you. There is no uh, disease or infirmity that's too great for you. There, there is no problem. There is no debt. There is no situation that is out of your hands. And so, God, since we believe that, right now, we're putting our needs, we're putting our situations, we're putting our lives, we're putting our ministries, we're putting all of that into Your hands right now, oh God, because we know that You are able to do something mighty with it. You are able to blow our minds with it. God, I declare right now a miracle in this place, a healing in this place, an anointing in this this place that is so great that even those that are astonished that won't be good enough they'll say this is great this is amazing they'll say this is something that only God could have done that's a church that only God could have put together that's a miracle that only God could have worked that's an answer that only God could have given come on would you just declare right now yes Lord Come on, just tell him it's for me, God. It's for me. It's for me, God. It's for me. It's for me in this place. It's for me. Oh, God, I've almost thrown in the towel. I've almost walked away. But, God, I'm giving it to you right now. I'm trusting you with it. God, there is no way that they're going to be in this church barring a miracle straight from you. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I have the ability to perform. There is no way to get them at this altar. But, God, I am praying for a miracle that is so great that only you can do it. Oh God, I have no ability to pay for that. I have no ability to provide that. I have no ability to do that. But God, I'm giving it to you right now. Believing oh God, that if you are able to break the loaves and fishes and feed the thousands, then you are able to meet every need that I have that is in my life. I've got to have you, God. Can I just do what I feel? Can I have the ministry to walk up? All those that are called to preach, would you come up here right now? Just come. 
realize how blessed we are? These are, I'm telling you, these are some of the finest men in the world right here. This has been a season unlike anything, Brother Crawley, that I have ever seen. It's been unreal. Because all of a sudden, the stuff that we normally do, we can't do. We, we don't have as many services as we once did. We can't lay hands on people like we once did. There's so many things that, that we haven't been able to do. But you hear me. You hear me. I'm telling you. I feel like God is saying, get ready. You're going to have your hands full. Get ready. Your ministry is not dead. It is, it's not over. God's not through with you. God's going to use you like never before. I'm speaking to my dad as well. God's going to use you men like never before. Do you hear me? This is not the time to quit. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to say that, that, that God's not doing it anymore. No. This is time. Come on. Would, would you just point your hands in this direction and just pray in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for these men. I pray, God, that you would help them. I pray that you would strengthen them. Devil, you are a liar. That voice of discouragement, that voice of doom and gloom, it is a lie straight out of the pit of hell. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I'm going to still be used in Jesus' name. We're still going to see miracles in Jesus' name. We're still going to lay hands on people and they're going to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' Jesus name. God is going to do a work. We will see revival. We will see it. God, I pray for these men. I pray, God, that you would anoint them like never before. God, I pray for their families, oh God. Wherever their families are, I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that you would help them. I pray, oh God, that you would draw them to an altar. Amen. Amen. We've got some awesome elders in this church. Y'all, service had almost started. It was starting, and I, I didn't see any white hair around it. And then all of a sudden, at the music started, there came Brother Hardy. And I knew we were going to have good church. Brother Hardy's here. Amen. Amen. I look at him. I look at Sister Luana Baker. Look at Sister Joanne. And there's others that are in here. Brother Rich, I miss your mom so bad. Amen. I want to pray for our elders. I don't, I don't want you to reach over and touch them. Y'all remember, pray for Brother Pete. Amen. He's not here because of COVID. I miss him standing at the door, opening the door for people. I miss Brother Sam sitting there with his badge that says I live on Praise Street I miss that Sister Hawkins, Sister Ann Timms Amen, there's more there's more, I just can't think of them right now but can we just pray for them can we come on in the name of Jesus devil you're a liar devil you've tried to discourage our elders, we're so blessed we're to have them in our church God touch Sister Hardy today God touch her God, touch all those that want to be here but can't. Touch Sister Carolyn. Touch Al right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. 
In Jesus' name, move in His body. Move in His life. Oh God, I declare right now a miracle in our church. I declare right now a miracle in their lives. God, touch them. Touch them, oh God. Don't let discouragement overwhelm them. Touch my grandmother right now. Don't let doubt try to creep in. But God, uplift them. Help them. Strengthen them. God, I'm praying for our church. God, you've positioned us for revival. I feel it in the atmosphere. I feel a deep anointing in this room right now. God, I believe that there's people in this room that are going to see miracles like they have never seen. God, I believe that there are people in this room that are getting ready to have their prayers answered. I'm believing that. God, I pray encouragement on our people. I pray strength on our people. I pray victory on our people. I pray hope. God, put a light on the inside of them that's so bright that others can feel it when they walk by. God, strengthen them. God, help us to have revival everywhere that we go. I pray that our homes would break out in revival. I pray that our schools would break out in revival. I pray that our workplace would break out in revival. I pray. I believe it. I believe it. In Jesus' name. Sister Lauren, come up here. funniest thing happened to Sister Lauren this week. Well, I have to. So, she wanted to come up here and vacuum. The only thing was, is my wife forgot to tell her what the alarm code was. And she came in here to vacuum. And all of a sudden it starts saying, Woo! What? She doesn't remember. Yes, she does. She, Woo! Woo! Amen. I'm not trying to embarrass you, by the way. All of a sudden, my mom ran up to the church. She said, my mom came in like this. Because <laughs> there's an alarm going, you know. And she knew something was happening. This is why I brought you up here. I am praying that there is a spiritual alarm that goes off in this area. I hope there is a spiritual alarm that draws people. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost. I pray that there would be a spiritual alarm. There is a place where God is moving. There is a place for every culture, every person, regardless of race, regardless of age, regardless of where they come from. There is a place that believe God is moving and they believe God is working. There is a church that's having revival. There is a fire. There is a fire. It's burning in Portland. It's burning in Memphis. God's doing something. Hey, Amen. You know, this is the truth. My wife likes watching uh, these shows, Brother Wink, these home shows where they where they fix homes up and uh, HGTV, Holy Ghost Television for my wife 
<laughs> but uh, so there, there's this this show called House in a Hurry, which man, it it, it causes my anxiety to go nuts, Sister Twyla, because these people have a short time to find a house, and this guy got a job in Millington, but he was looking for a house in Bartlett. So we're sitting there. This is true. And all of a sudden, I thought, I recognize that road. There's the road across the street. And all of a sudden, there on HGTV, they turn a corner. And there's Fountain right there on national television. And, you know, it hit me. First of all, man, that's cool. You know? Y'all don't know. Y'all don't think it is. I think it is. It's cool. But the second thing that hit me, a lot of people, most of the people that watch that, millions of people watch that, they have no idea. But I'm telling you, the city of Memphis is about to know about this church and about the revival that's going to take place and about what God's getting ready to do and the miracles that are about. I'm, I'm speaking it in the name of Jesus. I'm telling you, revival's not just coming. It is here right now. God's working right now. God's delivering right now. God is working your situation out right now. God, go with our people. Encourage our people. 